All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit is different incubator space, the podcast studios, and I have somebody that's already begun rolling. And I was like, wait, before we get into <laughs> before we get into more, man, we gonna we gonna table this for a second, and then we gonna jump right back into this discussion. Um, as everybody knows, and if you don't know, I'm letting you know now. Hip hop was my journey into marketing, into content creation, into everything that I do now. So when people say, "Hey, man, you just gave a good presentation," or "This this was a really good proposal," or "How did you think that through?" I'm like, "Yo, man, I've been doing this type of thought process." you know, Miyagi style, meaning like I learned in hip hop a lot of what I apply in business today. Word. And the people that know me best know that like, oh, okay, I can see you doing that. And then the people that don't know me like, man, you have a lot of confidence when you're sitting giving these presentations. I'm like, yo, you think this is confidence? Psh, try being that person that signs the uh, the, the open mic list. Yes. And, and you number four. <laughs> and you know you number four, but you got to wait till you, 158 to rhyme. Oh, indeed. Indeed. You know, indeed. so like uh, that whole spirit and then trying to keep those three people paying attention so they don't walk out on you Man. when it's 150. Man. I tell people like that to me is the hardest show to rock when it's like when everything in the room says to like the people you can eyeball them like do they need to get up and go home go to sleep go to their girl go to their guy uh go get high or whatever Man. but you keeping their attention because you came with a dope song and you embrace that that feeling is an amazing feeling yeah. because the feeling of seeing people walk away while you on stage just makes you feel like oh this hurt it's horrible <laughs> and this guy definitely got skills in rocking the mic uh mc detroiter heck of a story complex uh deep thinker and somebody that has definitely also used the vehicle of hip-hop to uh apply and and attract and gain access to the world wow. v styles what's happening sir my dude Kyrie, what's good my g Oh man, everything is happening. Everything is happening is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna start this like I start most Detroit is different stories. Your family. Uh, oh, are you a first wow. generation Detroiter? Oh wow, wow, wow. Second generation Detroiter, third generation. Who who in your family was the first people to uh step foot in the Detroit area? Who man, that's that's crazy. Um you know, my family, my origins is like the VC name. I, my name is Orlando VC. Uh, you can trace my last name VC all the way back to Denmark VC. If you're not familiar with Denmark VC, Denmark VC was years before Nat Turner. And if you go back down to South Carolina, where you know, you had uh, at the time the largest slave revolt against uh, slave owners ever. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he wound up uh, planning. You know, Denmark Vesey was a was a cat that was a a carpenter, self trained. Um, he wound up winning a lottery, buying his freedom out of South Carolina, um, and he also took his earnings uh, from the lottery winnings and freed other slaves. And they planned a revolt, which would have been the largest revolt for uh, black slaves at the time against uh, slaves owners. And uh, somebody uh, within his crew wind up uh, snitching him out, and he, you know he got hung. And uh, years later. Nat Turner revisited that same 
scenario and uh you know we've seen the story on that so you know pretty soon we got an exhibit coming up uh, i believe november 15th at uh the african-american museum um for uh denmark vc and it's going to be the largest display as far as uh he's concerned you know museum wise in, in north america man so i'm so proud of that i'm a, I'm a fourth generation descendant of uh, Denmark VC. My family is from, um, I hope they make a movie about Denmark. We and, got- and, and for people that know, uh, they know that I nerd out on black history, but specifically Detroit's black history, but I really nerd out on a lot of black history. And what you're talking about with Denmark VC, for the MCs watching, the MC Denmark VC obviously takes the moniker from. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy because. I, I know him. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah. And and he hit me up, and he was like, man, you know, do you mind if... I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? You dope. Do mm-hmm. what you're going to do, because at, at the end of the day, it, it, it brings, you know... You're bringing people to light that may not even be aware yeah. what you're trying to present. Yeah. And it gives them an opportunity. You know, I come up in the era when it wasn't the internet. So, you know, I'm internet savvy, but mm-hmm. I grew up when it just was, you know, dictionaries and encyclopedias, you know. So we didn't have none of this crazy shit, man. Now, all you got to do is enter the name in the search engine but, and you can find all the information. But there. With, within that information, uh, you know, as they say, doing the knowledge is the five percenters oh, would say. Indeed. Like doing the knowledge, uh, a lot of MCs, as we know, you know, took monikers of uh, the mafioso characters. Corny. I mean, they did but that to take the moniker of a freedom fighter. That's that's my whole point. I knew Denmark. I knew where he was going with it, so it wasn't even when he. So when you think about like the legacy of that name and such an impactful impactful figure in American history itself as that Denmark VCK set a lot of the precedent that led to the Confederate army and the Confederacy, uh, the three fifths of human being uh, moving forward in law. And also what eventually led into uh, what, uh, what enslavement could be (laughs) if you are imprisoned. Mm. Most of the precedent of that all came through your bloodline like Indeed. that's powerful so you you think about a, a, a mc honoring that as opposed to honoring like a gambino or escobar or a you know um you know the 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 mafioso characters that a lot of mcs kind of look to with pride but to honor a freedom fighter exactly and like a direct freedom fighter. So like some like in, in some ways, uh, like I mean, shout out to uh Matulu Shakur and everything, but he's a yeah. freedom fighter. But the freedom fighting that <laughs> Denmark VC was fighting for was a whole different it's a level. Whole another level, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. You know. Yeah, so so when you think about that legacy existing, um were these oral traditions passed down when you were a child? When I was a kid, um, every family reunion, the oldest VC would always tell about tell a story about Denmark VC, and huh. we would all sit and we would learn about Denmark. It, the weird thing is, when I was in school, again, no internet, 
Um, all we had was li library cards and, you know, books, books that, you know, you might be able to find outside of the library, but all you had was a library for information. So um, every February, you know, um, at least, you know, if you black, you, you writing about, it's Black History Month, so you writing about, you know, black figures while everybody else was writing about, and I love these guys. No diss to, to definitely, I mean, I shouldn't even say that, but no disrespect to Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, mm -hmm. the Frederick Douglasses, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the people like that, but when, 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 when other people were, were stuck on that, I wrote about Denmark Vesey every year mm. to the fact that when I started writing about him, teachers would challenge me like this. Who Didn't is that? Didn't happen. They who had, is this? Who is this? Yeah. So I would have to go to the library. And then bust their heads. And bust their heads with it. So <laughs> at, at, at that time, I didn't even realize that I was teaching them. Mm. And that's like, wow, you, you, you revisit that. And I'm like, wow, I was teaching them all along and they had mm. no clue. And it was like, they was kind of rebuffing me, like, eh, get this out of here. And then yeah. when I bring actual facts, it's like, wow. So that yeah. it made them, it made them do the knowledge. Mm. So they couldn't come on me with the unfair grade of, yeah. you know. So going back to that, yeah, I was kind of like teaching people about somebody I was learning about on the daily growing up. Wow. Wow. They was just like, you. everybody got an yeah. uncle. And it's like, nah, dude. My uncle changed the course yeah. of the Supreme Court history. Yeah, exactly. And really, uh, that I think that case itself sped up to what would become the Confederate fight. Oh, indeed. Uh, as it was like, I mean, what do we, I mean, the argument has always been like, you know, the Confederates' argument was we don't really need the North in the first place. Right. And they're holding us back with their laws and their regulations and stuff, you know. So uh, with with that whole concept, your, your family coming to Detroit. When did your family come to Detroit? That's a good question, man. That's something that I really don't know. I, but I can tell you the VC origin, um, as far as I re can remember, is uh, Inkster, Michigan. Okay. My my whole um, and you know what? Since you asked me that, I'm I'm gonna make sure mm -hmm. that I provide you that uh, that answer. Um, okay. You know, I just gotta hop on the jack and and call my and get it and get and, it. Yeah, call uh -huh. my uncle Venus because he's like our historian. Mm. Um, but uh, my entire family really is from Inkster. Hmm. Um, my mom and dad they went to Inkster High School. Uh, my dad is. A Marine. Um, his dad was a Marine. Uh, my mom went to Inkster High School. Her dad was a Marine. Wow. Um, so we talking a different level of yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. breaking barriers if your grandfathers yeah. were Marine. They were like some of the first black Marines. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, whole, my, my uncles, like my whole family, man. And, you know, um, I'm a I'm a dad's kid. My my dad wound up getting a job with Wayne County, and he decided to move his family um, to Detroit. Hmm. And you know, I grew up on Finkel. Uh, excuse me. I grew up. My street was Myers. I grew up on Myers between Pitts and Finkel. So you're hmm. talking about like I live in the, in 
I lived in, you know, Myers was, was Myers, Myers was a busy street, but Myers, yeah. But between Finkel and Pearson, man, you talking about like, you know, I know Eastside got their spots, man, but it don't get no grimier than the Finkels, the Puritans, the Dexters, mm -hmm. like school crabs. Like those streets are, are like, you got to be careful. Yeah, you got to be careful. But I definitely think even before we switch off with Inkster, like Inkster. Southwest Detroit, oh, River yeah. Rouge, like it's a different it's type a different of community yeah. over there, especially <laughs> with black folk, like where it's almost like small townish. Yeah, and and whereas Detroit is big townish. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and that's what I was going. I was going to say this too. I spend like I'm more I'm I'm just as much Inkster as I am Detroit because mm -hmm. I I grew up there. That's where my family's yeah. at. So. You know, um, I may have went to school here and there as far as the city, but I was in Inkster on a daily. Yeah, like, yeah, like that whole that whole black downriver experience yeah. is really to the point where, uh, and even Southwest Detroit, like the the black community there, has always like has a different tie, especially when we think about like the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. When people were there, like, uh, like you know, people know the doctor, people know the dentist. Oh, indeed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it was really a village. Yeah, it's really a village. So, so like your ties and your family there were they? Was it one of those things where like you be there and they be like, oh yeah, that's one of them VC, one of them VC kids. All you gotta do is look at the face and the freckles. You look at the face and the freckles, they be like, oh, you, you related to uh, Harold? Yeah, that's my <laughs> uncle, man. <laughs> Who your daddy, Melvin? Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> so it was yeah. like you could couldn't get into too much food. No, 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 not at all. See, and that's the that's the beauty. Like the community back then, man. If you know, uh, it takes a village. You know, if I'm cutting up, then you know, then I'm gonna get it from them, and then they go tell my people. My people mm -hmm. will give it to me again. And you know, you go through that a couple times, man. It's like you know what? Let me straighten up and fly right. You know, mm -hmm. and that's what we not. Getting today, that's a whole nother issue, though. Yeah, and, and <laughs> a lot of working class folks over yeah. there, most definitely, like those pockets of towns, and even in a lot of ways, Highland Park right here, where like yeah. towns and pockets made around the 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 plant, yeah. you know, the the industrial injury mm -hmm. industry of like you know the whole the way that the the hot, the streets were set up mm -hmm. with the churches set up, like the whole city itself was functioning around an industry now when you you know the the 70s and 80s was kind of the transition as we have seen a lot of industry uh the industrial age is is you know not what it used to be let's put it like that man so it's impact on cities like river rouge and inkster right like what was that what was it like watching that transition as you were growing up you know um it's a little different, a little different. Um, seeing people out of jobs and trying to figure out what they're going to do next, mm -hmm. uh, that was difficult to see. Um, You've seen, you seen people persevere from losing their job because it's like you, you, you got people that work in one industry all their life, then all of a sudden it, it, it shuts down or, or, or it changes. Now what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. 
You know, we seen a lot of people, you know, rise above that. And then you've seen a lot of people, you know, fall off because of that. And, and, and that's the crazy part about it. Nobody, you know, nobody's the same. It's like we're all affected from it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you got some, some people that live from check to check, even now, mm-hmm. you know, living check to check. And then all of a sudden something happens and it changed their whole psyche to where they don't want to be here no more. Mm. You know, and that that's scary. Like, yeah. you know, and so thinking about the industry back then, it's like, wow, man, um, I watch a lot change. Like, we don't have a lot of stuff that we had in the city. Like, the city used to be, we used to have, like, movies within the neighborhoods, the the you know, the theaters like right across the street from Eastland Mall. Then you got, um, I mean, that's Detroit, but you, you know, you had the Mercury, then you had the Northwest, and you had this certain entities, you know, within the city where people had things to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like all that disappeared for what? Like at what price, you know, you take those things away to where now we have a community to where all they want to do is ignorant things. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, like that community, when you think about where you moved over there on Finkel and everything. Yeah, I remember the, man. You know, like the, the retail corridor was still close in, in proximity of like that Greenfield, Grand River yeah. area. Um you know, growing up, it's like Montgomery Ward existed. Man, Kingsway. Yeah. You know, people people forget that, like, within our community, we had our own, like, and it wasn't even, like, when I was coming up, that was minimal compared to, to what people had before me. Yeah, yeah. They had way more. Yeah. So if I got the last piece of that and we ain't got nothing since, Mm-hmm. Cause it's nothing really in the communities. Like you have to outsource for everything, mm-hmm. and or you go to order on the internet. Mm-hmm. But is there's no, there's nowhere for us to go within our community to make us feel proud of, you know, getting things, getting goods. Like we mm-hmm. become dependent on going to Southfield, going to Troy, going to, mm-hmm. you know, why is it like that, man? That that that's it's like. You know, they purposely program us to to make us feel a certain way. I'm I, I'm not gonna adapt to that. Mm-hmm. I refuse to. Now it's a couple places that I'm sure going up were, were common places like party spots because that's the other thing I think about that Finkel neighborhood. Yeah, like yeah, if you wanted to go yeah. to high school parties, it was a couple like the 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 Knights of Columbus Hall, the Cotillion oh, Ballroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depending upon if they had enough money, like even the West Club would do like some high school ish yeah, parties yeah. and stuff. What was that culture like even being in that mix? Because I was that do- was kind of where, like, the way that I think the east side would come around, like, that Van Dyke Harper area. The west side kind of in that era of, I think, like, the 90s, 80s would be over in your neighborhood, basically. It, it was dope because you got to see a lot of different flavors, man. And it was, you know, it wasn't peaceful all the time, but mm-hmm. it was it was fun. <laughs> it, 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 it was fun man I mean you know if you wake up in the morning and you want to start some trouble you you cornball anyway mm-hmm. but most people want to just get out and you know let their head out and, and have fun 
and I'm happy that I got a chance to really experience a lot of good times, man. And that gives me with hip hop. What were some of those first songs going to those parties that Ooh, was like, man, for yo. me, for me, now you talking about Detroit or are we talking about like uh, just in general? Both. In Detroit, wow, man. Uh, whew. When I was coming up, coming up, wow. You could say uh, Chaos and Maestro. Mm. You know, um, I went to school. Me and Jason went to school together. We went to the Poor's, man. Um, okay. Jason, um, you know, he has the. Uh, uh, the caveman 313 um jason wilson he's a motivational speaker he's a martial artist mm -hmm. um he's one of the dopest people you know social media wise right now because he's always i'm pretty sure you've seen this stuff yeah yeah um i've watched that dude switch from dj maestro this is a guy that like when you was in school, when he got behind them turntables, mm. like whether it was at an icebreaker, whether it was at a party, and I'm like, man, I went to school with that. We we <laughs> go to school with, you know. Look, I I work out a lot now, uh -huh. and I was in. Um, I go to a lot of LA fitnesses, man. And one day I, I went to. I, I met my boy up at uh, Royal Oaks LA Fitness. And I seen my boy uh, Michael Stetz. He he's uh, he's a journalist. He works for FM uh, XM uh, Radio, and uh, yeah. and he does Lions football for uh, WJN. Um, and I ran into Jason. I was like, man, he gave me the biggest hug. I mean, he's like the coolest dude. But I'm like, dude, Chaos and Maestro, you ran like Chuck D was co-signing you while we was. In school to get like While we was in school, <laughs> like so, like for me, like people like that, a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, you don't want none of this. Is the coldest. It don't get no better than you don't want none of this, man. That a wall, like when I hear it, when I I still hear that track. That's I mean, it's a crazy record. But I also think like getting a record. I was selling this to. I was telling this because I was younger and hearing it and just watching it on TV. But a record coming when you in the scene of it, like it's a different feel. Like it's when you whole, hear it at the party and then you get the record, it's like oh. I I, I remember I remember being at Southern University and seeing you don't want none of this. Come on the box, and I would lose my mind. And I mm. was way in Louisiana. Wow. Um, we had a couple people back then, man. Uh, Detroit's Most Wanted was doing their thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you had a you had a couple Merciless and Mayor, A Day Without a Rhyme. Mm -hmm. Oh man, and you and you can't forget this dude, man. One of the coolest dudes that you will ever meet, and one of the dopest like Detroit solo records that ever come out. Frankly speaking, by my man Awesome Dre. Mm. Um, I can remember waking up in the morning and my pop taking me to school and, and hearing "You cannot hold me back." Um, you cannot hold me. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, crazy. 
Like that dude, man, and he was another dude that was major before, like I think he was on Bryant Records. Mm-hmm. And but he had a distribution deal through Priority. Mm-hmm. Like Austin Dre was doing his thing, man. He a dude that don't get what he deserved, in yeah. my opinion. I think Dre, and he's definitely an interview coming up. Every time I see him, I'm like, man, I gotta get you in the mix. And then I love that touch. dude. That dude but is Dre, real. To me, like um, I guess how New York and everybody else looks at like what Rock him represents to them. Yeah. He's like what I think like he's that for Detroit. He's still the same dude though. And he first off, he looked like he damn near twenty still. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Found the youth, eat? baby. The found the youth. That's what it be. It'd be the it'd be, it be the found the youth. And uh, yeah, man, he he Dre, what he represented with the hardcore committee and um Man, and, I love and, that the, shit. and the way he put his rhymes together. Like at the time, as uh, you know, Big Daddy Kane's verse, uh, birthday just passed, and he yeah. was fifty, and I was looking at that like, damn. And I, I, I threw out the shout out, and then this is like, people really don't know like how much I love hip hop, but I was like, yo, man, and I was listening to Warm It Up, Kane, man. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, putting these words together, like right now, the style exists, but to see a MC craft a style and recognize like, damn, I never heard nothing like this before. It was like you were alive to witness like a new, I, I can't even explain. It, it's like you, you know, like a new way of watching basketball or something like, damn, he just jumped from, he just dunked from the free throw well, line. Uh, you know, and, and this is what I compare it to. I always tell a person like when they want to show me the newest or let me hear the newest shit, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't mm-hmm. really be on me unless somebody, you know, yeah. uh, and I'm, I'm super humble. I do this because I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you play Follow the Leader right now by Eric B. and Rakim mm-hmm. and you listen to his rhymes and you compare him to today's greatest wordsmith it don't miss a beat Nah, it don't miss a fucking beat so that's what bothers that's one of the things that bothers me um, you know in, 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 in hip hop um whether it's country, whether it's rock, whether it's alternative, whether it's you know calypso music, whatever is whatever it is, dudes be rocking today a hundred years old, mm-hmm. and it's no issue that they're a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. But whenever you rhyming, it's like oh man, you, you know this young dude. It's music. Music is music. It's either you're dope. Mm-hmm. Or you're not dope. But you know what else I think with MCing, as like I sat and I, I, I've put together rhymes for like other MCs, they like, damn, you can do that? I'm like, man, it's styles that an MC has in his bag that he may not use, but it don't mean he can't do that. Yeah. It's like, I, I just, and I, I, I don't do that. But you know I, but, but, but look, I'm okay with that because if you talk about that. um, But, look, but you, I'm saying like rock him. So it's like, in the appreciation of what you're saying, like, so if Rakim wanted to go out and make a whole record like Migos of Future, he okay. could damn, I think he could accomplish that goal in many ways, but that's just not in the bag of what he's trying to do musically. But he ain't got to do that, though. Wanna but know I'm why? saying he's not trying to. Well, you know well, what I'm saying? I, I, yo, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are artists... Let me give you a perfect example uh, of an artist that has never switched up who he is to sell a record. 
Mm-hmm. Perfect example. E40 is the same dude yeah. that he was when we was coming up. Yeah. And he is now. Mm-hmm. So that means that, and I don't mean the same person. I just mean he has crafted his style to the point to where he has innovated what it is for him to be an MC. And we've never yeah. said, we've never said, hey man, switch your shit up to sound like yeah. Migos or yeah. da, da 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 I think that's one of the problems for us, man. We get so caught up into, I wanna be heard, so I gotta do a record like that. You don't have to. Now there are artists that like I'm a Buster Rhymes guy. I love Buster, but mm. Bus is one of you know. He's a he's a he's a pinnacle MC. He's one of the greatest that ever and has done it. And, and I'm I'm the biggest leaders of the new school fan ever. You know, L O N S. L O N S guy ever. Mm. I, in fact, um, you know, my crew. I was part of the crew. Still am a part of the crew. The last ones out. Mm-hmm. We helped promote the very last Leaders of the New School concert ever at St. Andrews Hall. Mm. Maurice Malone brought them here, and we promoted that shit like it was, like it was ours. The second coming. Yes, <laughs> like like it was. And you know, it was real. It was only like maybe 150 people in St. Andrews. You know, Drews hold about three, four hundred people. Mm-hmm. But them 150 people that was there rocked. Rocked dude, out. Dude, it was, to this day, it's top three shows I've ever been to in my lifetime because of the energy. And after that, we all felt Buster was going to go solo because you could, st- you could, you could see, feel it. You, you could, could feel, feel the energy on stage. Wasn't, and we didn't know because we didn't have internet back then. So you didn't yeah. know if that niggas wasn't was no beefing. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, none yeah. of that, man. We didn't know yeah, until yeah. Electra did they little... They little, uh, like Electra used to do little promos for the beginning of quarters or who they knew artists that they was going to put out, man. Mm-hmm. And then I wound up getting this VHS tape of Buster, you know, um, with Wuha. Uh. And I was like, oh, shit, that's going to be a hit. And I was telling everybody, I'm like, dog, Buster about to come out with some shit, dude. And niggas was looking at me, if that niggas from Leaders, uh... Dude, and to this day, people be like, man, you did tell me that nigga Buster was gold. Yeah. Like, yeah, nigga. Buster has always been cold. Like, I'm big on energy, especially energy mm-hmm. on stage. You got to get that shit. And, his performance, even MCing, like, even in the booth, like, his, like, he's, and he, we going to get kind of back into your story a little bit with this, but, like, he it's almost up. like a, like a, like he has so many styles yes, and swords to use. Yes, like yes. I think, like a, a, if if it ever was an MC with against any MC, where it's like, look, we all gonna be on the song, and you got sixteen, I got sixteen, and he got sixteen. I definitely want to hear what his sixteen look, 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 be look. before I even I even consider before you before look. I even consider putting a pin to the page. I gotta be like, all right, what is he about to do? Look, I grew up in the era, and it's funny you just say that shit. <laughs> I grew up in an era where we had, where we had maxi, maxi, maxi t- singles, yeah, like yeah, the tapes. Yeah. Yep. Busted and Buster featured on records, and you 
you may have not even heard the other of the other artists, but you knew Buster was on that remix. Uh-huh. Automatically that made that song official because you wanted to hear what Buster had to say. Mm-hmm. And it's a couple people like when you talk about the last verse or 16 like yeah you so, gotta you gotta it'd it be like nah i'm very interested in seeing w- what he's about oh to say. my god like man uh i remember you know staying up begging my parents to watch that performance uh, when uh when they did scenario on arsenio, <laughs> on arsenio i was like yo this is yeah dog. And, and it's like i'm falling in love with hip-hop like this has to be the greatest art form ever. Yep. And as we talk about the yep. greatest art form, what's yep. some of your first shows uh, when you went from being a fan to being an MC yourself? Or was it always seamless? Um, Wow. As far as me, man, first shows. Wow, that's crazy. I've done a lot of things. Um, Man, from, from doing St. Andrews before it was corporate, when it just was... Mm-hmm. Cruise, whether it be you know D12 or so you opened up there like I'm talking about like when you went from rapping to performing like oh okay, like so, okay early okay early. okay so that that's different um I think the very first big show that I did um I did with um my man uh, Eclipse mm-hmm. um my man Jimmy um we opened up for Cash Money, uh, when Cash Money and Rough Riders did their very first the tour world together, tour. I think they were at Cobo or Joe Lewis, one of the two. But we they op- actually, I think they ended up coming back for a swing and did both. But I think they the, did. The, what was the first? Cobo one? first. Cobo was the first. Then did Joe. I, that's the very first big show I ever did. Wow. Do you? Uh, how a, how long a, of a I set a, did you have? I had an afro back then. Um. I was backing my man Jimmy up, man. Mm-hmm. Um, How long of a set did y'all have then? We had our set was about ten, fifteen minutes. Ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, we did a record. To, we, set. We, we 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 did a record together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was all like Jimmy put me onto that. I'll never front like that was my shit. But that that's the first big thing that I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like just first out the gate, what was the first me, small thing that you did? First small thing. This period. When was the first time you performed outside of like the cipher oh, with a mic and uh, a stage? Man, let's see. I did a lot of shit, man. Um, as far as like when I first started getting recognition, I would say maybe the first big shit was Comerica Park. Mm. Oh and yeah. I, I used to be in this group called Anomaly. And Comerica Park used to have, I forget what they called the theme of it, um, what, what the what the theme of, of the shows was, but they it would be, it's almost like a festival. And uh, I remember one night, I think Friday night, the headliner was R. Kelly, and then the next oh, night was Oh, okay, Nas. I remember, okay. This was when the, the Jazz Fest, it's back in Cincinnati now, but just due to, uh, I don't even know how many people are aware of this, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Throughout throughout some of the late '90s and 2000s, Cincinnati had a back and forth with it, uh, a lot of the black people. So mm-hmm. there were, I guess, what would be labeled as rebellions and race riots in Cincinnati. So the Jazz Fest was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we can't do it in Cincinnati. So they moved Let's to Comerica Park. Detroit. Okay, and that's yeah. what happened. I remember. I remember. I remember. 
R. Kelly night rained out, and then the next night, uh, Nas was on. And the OJs were there, too. OJs was there. Look, um, that was <laughs> look, that was dope for me. He was like, yeah, look, <laughs> what they do, yeah, look, look, that 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 was super dope for yeah. The OJs was I forgot that the OJs was there. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, I was in a group called Anomaly, man. We had a song on uh, I think one hundred five point nine at the time, which is now currently what one hundred seven seven five. Yeah, um, we had. Oh, keep up, keep up. We um we had a song called Bring It and um another record called um Damage that my boy Mark the Spark was playing on his show all the time. He wasn't even my boy back then, but he was spinning the record because he was filling the record. Um we uh did Bring It and we wind it wound up raining, so they brought us back the next night, and we we did that. Wow, that's love, man. Yeah, I that's mean, it, it, it was cool, and you know, I, I run through my time of uh, being on the radio. Um, the whole anomaly thing was, it was eye opening. I had a invested, you know, a a, a woman that uh, I, I felt like had great intentions for our music, and when it all said and done, you know, she, you know, when you get into something strictly for money, then it never works. Like you gotta have a passion about the things that you do. And everything that we did on that project, with the exception of my partner's rhymes, like his rhymes were his rhymes, but as far as beats, mm -hmm. concepts, it was all my brain. And so the vision of the whole project was you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all agreed on the name, but as far as bringing the beats and the whole flavor, I think Dome may have uh, had one or two tracks that he had input on, but you're talking about an 11, 12 track project. That's me. All that's me. Even some of them beats were, were personally my tracks that I said, well, you know, I'm going to scrap what I'm going to do and I'm going to bring Put it to Put this in the project. Yeah, because I had a budget behind me. Mm -hmm. So when I'm being heard on the radio here in Detroit and, and in Cleveland and like the markets, it was different. I, you know, we had to deal with Koch. Like mm -hmm. I, I really thought things. Well, let me let me uh, parlay this uh, for because I've signed a couple. I've signed a couple. I don't want to say bad deals as much as. I've I've been in agreements with people where their vision and my vision didn't mesh. And right. that's what it sounded like. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. For anybody uh, listening to this, because I just know most artists' attitudes is, I want to do the art. I want to do the art. I want to meet somebody that want to do all the business, and they do that. Yeah. That is not the attitude you should have about doing business. You should you should know the business. You should definitely know the business. Yeah. And uh, take this from two guys that have learned. And, and also... It's a lot of people that just because they have money and they're looking to invest money, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors in this Man. entertainment. Woo. So the money they think that they're going to make back or recoup or whatever is so many more people that, you know, want to make money from you than make money with you. That, yep. Yep. that you know, they, they'll they'll offer you, hey, you know, you can pay me and then I'll introduce you to them and they'll get your show here and they'll get you there. there. You can pay your way on to this and you can pay your way on to that. And it's like, okay, when 
will money start coming back and it's like ah oh, don't worry about it you're gonna get large and it's like what does Smoking that mirrors. mean you know so um That's so real. being that you learned in in a group and then the tough thing about that group dynamic especially when you're younger is like you know you bring your girlfriend you bring your parents like it's all these other people that invested like damn man you put in all that work shit about to work out look she uh we signed our deal. She wind up, um, you know, I had to work. Like she was doing all the superficial stuff, like keeping me fly, mm-hmm. you know, but her man, you know, shout out to my man, Wood. Wood was uh, like one of the heads of Al Wasam, so he can get us Al Wasam leathers. And at that time yeah. they was like super premium. So, you know, that was nothing for her to keep in a, keeping us looking nice and, taking this out of town and stuff like that, but she wasn't paying everyday bills. So and that's the, and that is so many artists, like, and I mean, major artists. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll, you'll interact, you'll hang out with them. And then you will be like, yo, you want to go get something to eat? And then they eat like, yo dude, yeah. I needed this meal. Yeah. You'd be like, damn, <laughs> yeah. this, this was just Applebee's. Look, look, exactly. It was just how, look, I, I've never, you know, my dad, my mom have always instilled in me to work um, for what I want. Yeah. I've never been no knucklehead as far as depending on strictly just music to get by, man. You 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 can't think like that. If if you can't gamble your whole way through life, you know, so it's like you got to make sure that certain thing like there are just certain necessities in life that if you're depending on music I mean, don't get me wrong, maybe a small percentage, you know, could, could do certain things, but a majority of people are not living that extravagant lifestyle that you might see on TV. No. It, it's, that's smoking mirrors. Extremely mirror small percentage. Yeah, there's it, so many more people yeah. that it's interchangeable. And then just even the, the industry itself. Like when most artists come up to me and say, hey, man, work with me, and, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. And then I ask them, the next question I say is, when's the last time you bought some music? And then they say, and I say, when's the last time you bought a concert ticket? And I'm like, all exactly. right. So you don't you you trying to make you trying to make something that you don't even buy. You're not even the customer or consumer Mo- of what it is, but you you think that I should take my money and invest in you, and you don't even invest in your own like, like you you don't even know what the industry is. Most artists don't even have health insurance, man. Man, beyond health insurance, just the. The state of affairs is so tough. Yeah. Oh, indeed. Indeed. I mean, indeed. health insurance, retirement. Um. Uh. What type of yeah, What type yeah. of will and testament of what you do own? How you own it? What happens to it? Because I mean, even right now, when I think about my intellectual property, of my song, and, and that's what's so weird about music. You know, your songs out there, my songs out there. You know, we pass or something happens to us, we get incapacitated. They snatch one of our songs, put it in the new matrix. Oh, indeed. How would our family go about? recouping the money for that you know yeah. what i'm saying like I, I, I mean michael jackson's estate is having issues with this so i mean kari frazier's estate definitely i have um you know i got a daughter that's 18 and the son mm. is 13 and they they will always be the controllers if something happens yeah. to me yeah so um but having those talks and those discussions oh, and even yeah. having that in place of like oh this is what an entertainment attorney should do this oh, is the way they should move um that's deep so like from that situation in a group 
how did you end up what like what was your journey because okay i'm, I'm a, sure you had like a uh, bad taste look, in your look, mouth but yeah. you stayed moving look um it was the week um i never forget you remember when all the power went out for like two yeah. weeks yep i wind up now we i had a record that was spending on both stations in prime time mix huh. show mix shows prime time like i was getting rotation and um you was you was in the mix yeah you was getting I'm, in I'm every done, club I'm, for I'm free done, i'm doing shows all around the you city you can get a you can get a drink from damn near everybody for free look yes but i'm, I'm doing promo tours uh-huh. okay um we wind up uh you know that 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 thing happened when we lost power. I had to go to work. I worked for Wayne County. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I had to go to work. And it's like, well, we got rehearsal today. And it's like, well, I got to go to work. You know, um, mm-hmm. I know these records. Let me go to work. I got to make my money. I'm not asking for anything. Just, I'm reasonable. Yeah, just mm-hmm. let me go to work. And her ultimatum was, is either you go show up or I'm kicking you out. And I'm and I thought about it. I was like, Bills or her kicking me out of the group. I was like, this is all my idea anyway. It's your money. I was like, I'll be good. You know, it is what it is. So she wound up kicking me out of the group and replacing me with somebody else. Oh man. And got temptation. And yeah, I got temptation. And the funny thing is that shit didn't work out because it wasn't it wasn't it the wasn't same you. feel. It wasn't you. Yeah, it was. See, and you learn quickly that, damn, okay, yeah, I may have replaced him, but it's definitely not the same, and it's not the same feel. Mm-hmm. So the problem with me for that was it left a sour taste in my mouth. I didn't want to experience that again. Um, and I was on paper for two years. Mm. So I couldn't do anything until I got off paper with this lady, man. So... I just plotted and I didn't know what direction I was going to go in or if I even wanted to continue to to do this because I work. I'm good. I don't really need to do this. I do this, you know, I do this. Yeah, I do this. Love, it's my, for me, it's therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I wind up, um, every year I used to, go to uh, this place. Well, I used to go to New York every year to celebrate my celebrate New Year's and my birthday because my, my birthday is on January 4th. And after I celebrate my birthday, there, I will always come home. And around then, um, it was month of the man and I was at the tunnel and I was there for Flip Mode's gold party for uh, the Imperial album. And you know, I know Split Star, that's my guy. Um, I wind up seeing Red Man there, like walking around the tunnel, like you're walking around people that we see on TV all day. Mm-hmm. So I wind up seeing Red Man there. Red Man, me and Red Man always been cool. And, you know, we cheaped a little bit. He was like, man, I'm gonna be in a place called Justin's uh, next week, man. Me and me and, uh, me and and Meth, we, we about to do this Mother and Man tour. So I was like, that's right up the street from me. down the street from my people. <laughs> I said, I, I said, I'd be over there, man. And, yeah. And, and it was the following week. So I went up there and my man Ron used to own Justin. So mm-hmm. he took me to the back, you know, some drinks and, you know, uh, some finger sandwiches or whatever. And 
my boy Gov was back there. I didn't know Gov at the time. Big Gov, he talking about another MC that I need to get back in in effect for four Detroit is different. Oh, indeed. Uh, with a unique story of uh, what I call like mixing mixing success of real life <laughs> with hip hop success. Indeed. Continue, continue. Um, you know, Ron introduced me to Gov, and you know, Gov younger than me, so you know, I. I at this point, point for me, I'm fed up with the yeah. Detroit politics and all this bullshit. So, um, me and Gov, we started talking. He was like, "You rhyme?" I was like, "Yeah, I rhyme." You know, he spit a rhyme. I spit a rhyme. He spit a rhyme. I spit a rhyme. He spit a rhyme. I spit a rhyme. And then he just kept spitting rhymes, and I'm sitting up here listening to him like he got the he got the love. I'm like, "Yeah, you dope." Mm -hmm. um, but I was at a point to where. I felt like, I ain't, you know, I don't feel like fucking with nobody else. And uh -huh. I gave Gov my number. Gov called me the very next day. That's real. And we've been friends ever since. Wow. And, and that's 98, 99. I remember. What, what's so funny is I was at that damn signing too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think Meth didn't show up because something happened mm -hmm. to his daughter. Mm. Or something like that. I don't like know that. what, but I know Reggie was there because they yeah. were, uh, my dad's a CPA. And at the time, all right, so you get to a point where you kicking it with Red, you come back to the D, mm -hmm. uh, connect with them again. But it really wasn't even necessarily Red you was connecting with. Nah, you connected with Gov. I wound up seeing um, Red, uh, you know, for a brief second, but it was like me and Gov uh, for the most part, man. Um, and back then, man, you know, my... Back in my youthful exuberance years, man, I, man, I know I was, I was gone off something, whether it be Hennessy, whether, wow. <laughs> whether it be whatever. But um, me and Gov, that was like the thing, and I gave him my number, and I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think he'd probably call me back, and he called me back, and. We wind up, we've been, you know, rocking ever since. You're talking about like 19, 20 years now. Hmm. And uh, I've always said this, Gov to me is, um, you know, you talk about complete artists. Um, the MC is dope. The MC is, is real dope. Yeah. I think the, I think the producer is super extraordinary. I, I admire him most because of his business vision. And yeah. To to do it all, like, you know, but that's kind of like where my mind is in business. But, like, the way he moves in business, budgeting every step of the way, like, it's embracing the idea of independent artistry. Mm -hmm. So y'all working together kind of triggered, like, it, it lit you back up. It lit the flame to move. Gov, Gov uh, has always told me to do me, and he's always been a part of my vision as far as like if I've always felt like if you hear me, you're gonna hear him. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he's just always been that guy to make sure that I got that right sound, and he caters to to what I love, but put his own little uh into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll take Gov before I take anybody. Mm. You know, I'm talking about I work with a lot of dudes. But yeah, if you I call, work, work with a lot of dudes. <laughs> if I call Gov and say, man, I need 
this. Like he's a person that I never have to question. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna bring me something, you know, authentic for me. Like he may get these dudes over here, like the current, whatever they wanna hear, whatever mm-hmm. the makeup is. But for me, he know he can't bring me that. He gotta give me something that's different, which makes him different to be able to create this way and then go over here. Like Gov is like out I've been I've been asking him recently, like, dog, please enter a beat battle. Just mm-hmm. enter a beat battle because there's a lot of people, you like, I hear they joints and it's dope, but I've been listening to this dude for 20 years. Mm-hmm. He's self-taught. Like he's taught himself how to work the ASR 10. I remember first meeting him, I wanted to start making beats just off the things that I would see him do making beats and then putting it into a four track and making a four track sound like a 16 track. So to see him do the things he would do with sounds and manipulate them, it was like, wow, I want to do something different, but I can't buy the ARSR 10. I'm gonna buy me an MPC 2000. Ah, that was that was definitely, uh, MP, the ASR 10 was uh, like one of the mo- first tools. It's either the module or the board, and Gov worked off either one of them. It didn't matter. He'd take the module and just program it. Wow. And then chop it. And then if it was the board, he'll still do the same thing, but it just was easier because it was mm. the board that was like, I've never, and then here's the thing. Yeah, I can write and yeah, rhyme, that's great. But when you talk about producing, there's a certain language that you got to understand. If you don't have a producer's language or a producer's no, then I thought I just was going to pick the MP up and just start making beats. Mm-hmm. I had no knowledge. A lot of people have done that. A lot of people are still trying. Frustrating, bro. It, it It's frustrating, but I also think like, like the the – like knowing what to add, where to add, and and then it becomes like uh, as I was telling, it's it's Sunny because I seen him grow so much with me working with him. Uh, the guy Ian when I first met him, and I was like, yeah, you can guide these people, but so much of this also is knowing the vision for oh, where the music is going to. And I think it's a lot of guys that can make good sounded beats nowadays, but to actually produce and know like where that breath comes in for the artist to be themselves and expressive, that takes the art form of the producer. Gov didn't know how to work an MP. Mm-hmm. But I watched him literally within five minutes figure that shit out. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's, oh, yeah, this is dope. I can see. And he showed me mm-hmm. how to chop drums, how to sample, mm-hmm. how to just do things that, it's like, wow, I would have never known this had you not shown me because it's a, a completely different language. So it's a, that, and that's why you have to respect the producer, man. Respecting the producer and the engineers is super important because you're only as dope. Yeah, you could be dope lyrically, but if you don't have nothing that's that's gonna make your your vision stand out, yeah, then and then a, also being on the same page with with them where they buy into your vision and expand upon it can be some of the, you know, that's really where everything happens. So you went full swing back in. Like, did you ease back into working with Gov? Or or like, was it like a, nah, we out Um, again? 
Um, from that day at Justin's, it was a gradual process because we wind up. Um, we went. He was dealing with this dude named Chris, and he had a label called D Boy Records. And I wind up signing with D Boy Records for this compilation called Storm of the Century. I was on the title record, Storm of the Century. Then I had another record where uh, called Waiting. But was this more so just a, a solid based on your relationship with Gov? Oh yeah, that, more it, so it, than like it, that it, crew. It, it, it was it was everything with me being based uh, relationship wise with Gov because Gov mm -hmm. believed in me, and then Chris was like, "Ooh, come on!" And yeah. back then, you know, it's like, man, I just want to whatever. You know, you're not really thinking about certain. So at that point, it was really that therapy of like getting in the studio, letting it out. I got it in me. But I, I like my old situation. I kind of just can come in as an MC, tear it down. Oh, no. See, that was I had to tell you that story. Yeah, because that story is before the anomaly story. Mm -hmm. Now, when I wind up as far as the anomaly story is concerned, when she wound up replacing me, I had to sit down for a minute. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. Um, but I knew I had records to where, and then, you know, you get in a certain profession, you know, and they think, oh, man, you know, you when you tell people what it is that you do or you love doing, you got a lot of people that are dream killers. They don't want to see you happy for whatever reason. You could be mm -hmm. a cook and you could say, man, I make the best hamburgers on mm -hmm. the planet. And they'll hate on you for talking about how much you love making hamburgers. It's mm -hmm. the dumbest shit in the world to me. Like, why would you hate on somebody's passion? Um, but there are people out there, and, and most of the time, there are people that don't know what they're good at in life, if they're good at anything. So they sit back and they judge people that mm -hmm. have something going on. But um, I had a lot of songs that I wind up recording, you know, solo-wise, prior to the anomaly stuff. So there was this little thing where where the internet has started becoming accessible and you could send music to different people. And that was around the time where we were phasing out of two-way pages. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of people's emails, a lot of people. And I wound up doing a record with Mr. Cheeks uh, called Clap Your Hands and I pressed up vinyl and I wind up sending it overseas to Japan. Japan, um, they made me one of their uh, premier artists for Joint One Radio. You know, it allowed me to get a buzz over there. And how I looked at it was if I get a buzz over there, then maybe something might spread over here. And little by little, something spread it. So I, I kept my, my same pattern and I wind up um, sending a clean version of this song called First to Rise to, you know, a lot of producers, I mean, a lot of DJs. So one day me and my DJ at the time, well, he's still my DJ, but um, my guy, me and Mark the Spark, we were at the Bullfrog and I got a page on my Blackberry and I'm looking at the page like, and the page is like, can you please send me the dirty version of this record? I want to play it on my shit. I want to play it on my satellite radio show. So I'm looking at it and I'm Hennessy'd up at the time. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, feeling real good. So I'm looking at it. And, you know, I answered a lot of texts that night over this particular record. So I'm like, yeah, I hit you up when I, you know, 
get back, you know, from the club or whatever. He's like, yeah, because I, I really want to play this, man. It's a hot record. And it's at Preen. So I'm looking like Preen. And then when he send when he send a, a okay back, it said Primo. So it went from Preen to Primo. So I'm looking at this shit like, and I'm buzzed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Mark, man, you think this DJ Premier from Gangstar? He was like, ask him, oh. I was like, is this, I said, excuse me, is <laughs> proper than a motherfucker. Excuse me, Pardon sir. Pardon me. Are, it, do you it, happen to be one of the greatest producers of hip hop ever? I was like, is this DJ Premier from Gangstar? And he was like, yes. And that was the day that changed my life because you go from people hating or whatever you want to call it or being negative to, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you know, top three greatest producers of all time asking for your record. Yeah. I was like, fuck y'all, I'm tight. You know, mm-hmm. print, I mean, no diss. It's like, yeah. man, you know, I went from not feeling so sure about myself to, Man, Preem asked me for my bracket. What the fuck y'all talking about, man? And mm-hmm. that's that's how I, I kind of started looking at my music. Like, if Preem like this shit, that means a lot. It's an ear out there that is, if his ear likes it, then it's ears out there that are curated that really want it. And that's really what was like the next step. So what was the project you did you did i'm guessing after that and were you working with gov hey, oh yeah gov, gov, gov has always been a part of he's always going to be a part of what mm-hmm. i do mm-hmm. um me and gov was working I, I think i put out um 16 collabs and other shit and that was like like records that i had done but i hadn't re- released mm-hmm. like i released i i have a record here i have a record there but it i never you know, I never put out a whole project. It just was bits and pieces of mm-hmm. things that I had done. It was like a mixtape. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't like calling mixtapes mixtapes, because to me, mixtapes are, are are exclusives from different people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but Fifty Cent kind of like switched that up with the yeah, whole. Yeah. You know, um, but I put out sixteen collabs and other and other shit. And then I started working on um, at Ashlam even, um, you know. Initially, it was called Masterpiece Theater, but um, like the CD that I that I, that I gave you, mm-hmm. um, I started working on some serious records. Um, you know, Gov gave me solid records for this last project. Uh, I got production on that from him, Jay Della, my man Moss. Uh, from over in Toronto, uh, Astro Note over in Europe, my man Bumpy Knuckles. Uh, let's see who else is on there. Mm. You got production you, wise. Production wise, I'm, let's see. Let's see. As far as songs with, I got I got joints with Raz Cass, uh, Bumpy Knuckles, and Crooked Eye. You got Royce. Royce is on there with my man OC from Digging in the Crates. Mm-hmm. I got my man Chip Foo from Foo Snickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rusty Jux from Brooklyn. Um, my man Rapper Big Pooh 
out of the group, little brother, and you know they just had a reunion last last weekend. Shout out to him, my man Joe Scudder, Miss Corona. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some serious records. Uh, Shabam Sadiq, my man Phantasm from uh, the Cellar Dwellers. Uh, DJ Dez on the cuts. Mm. Uh, it's some serious records on there. Um, mm-hmm. I love Masterpiece Theater. It, it gives me, um, before Masterpiece Theater, 2010, I put out a record called Class of the Titans. It was me, Royce, Elza, Rapper Big Pool, and uh, Fat Cat. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the record that got me like this, the dope buzz where I was on Worldstar, I was on allhiphop.com, I was on Vibe. Like I was on every every social media thing that you could possibly think of at that particular time. Um, and it, it, it just did some things for me to where it allowed me to, you know, people took me a little bit more serious as an artist. Like, wow, he got records that like, wow, how'd he put that shit together? Mm-hmm. Um, that record has allowed me to do a lot of things being you know, in New York, I can remember when I went to go. I, I, me and me and Bumpy Knuckles got an EP called Real Spit that we recorded a little while ago. When I went out there to record it, my man, uh, let's see, Royce and Vish, that's my family, they're my cousins. Uh, they had a, I think Royce had the su- success to certain party at SOBs. Mm-hmm. And I get there, I had just land, I get my car, and I go, the SOPs, they pull me on stage. And I had no idea they were shooting a video at the time, but they were shooting a video for uh, Rider's Block, the mm-hmm. Eminem uh, DJ premiere version. But I get there, the next day I go, you know, rock out with Bump. And I said, wow, man, you know, we, we we've got a lot of shit. You know, uh, like literally a lot of shit that I've been able to accomplish and not knowing that I can actually do this shit. You know, sometimes, man, you, it's like wherever it take you, you go. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can remember being on stage and people screaming, man, do Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Do your verse from Clash of the Titans. So, you know, when you're in another state, mm-hmm. You know, and people recognize who you are. It's like, wow, okay, I'm I'm reaching some people, and it makes mm-hmm. you feel a a certain way, especially coming from this place. Yeah, coming from Detroit. I mean, yeah, Motown, I get that, but Motown, from a realistic standpoint, it's not here mm-hmm. anymore. So I say that, like, we can't, we we don't. There is no Sony up the street. There is no uh, Warner Brothers up the street. Like. We really are like everybody want to be that 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 mega person when it comes to the city. I took a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like wherever they accepted you, that's where you should go. And that's that's one of the things I think Gov does too. Like Gov uh, is very strategic with the stages and the shows he rocks, making sure he reaches his fans, his audience. Uh, as opposed to, I think, being compromised by, like, what he perceived as, you know, the direction to go, which connects him to, like, the success that 
is bountiful in, in many ways. I, I think you too. Um, and it's funny, I was kind of having this discussion when I interviewed M. Fittler about uh, what uh, that's M, like. That's my guy. In uh, in other places, in, in, in traveling, what what's the, what's the travel? Ample God sense. over in Europe. Oh well, I mean, you're <laughs> talk talk about it. I mean, I think he's like the coolest coolest dude ever. Just period. Like you trying look and, you, and and look, you talking about the founder of youth. No, oh, talk about it. Duh. That talk dude, about man, it. That dude's like, dog. What is you? Did you own, man? Let me <laughs> give me that shit. Let me look. Let me let me put, let me put my palm on it. Just, just you know, day. Hey. Yeah, he's uh he's working on something real big, real special soon. It'll be coming. Detroit is different. Definitely gonna be behind that. But yeah. but like uh, when you when you think about these other markets and in the ways that like of today and the internet interacting with DJs. Um, what would you say to like the young MC that's looking, that's looking to find a foot in the door and reach their audience and, and find those fans? What what words of uh, wisdom would you even give them in um, that traveling to those international markets? Uh, just be persistent. Stand persistent on on, on your beliefs. Um, if you got dope product, your your product is gonna speak. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, so never forget that. If you got something that's dope, it's gonna speak. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is finding where you're wanted. Me, I'm not gonna say I was lucky. I just was super persistent with uh, like the worst. Always remember this: the worst thing a person can tell you is no. Um, know the difference between solicited and unsolicited. That's the thing that a lot of artists don't know. You, you you need, sometimes you need representation to get your music to a certain point. And then there are other people that don't, you don't necessarily need representation to get your music to a certain point. Sometimes those are more important people than the people you need to get you to a certain point. So do both. Um, don't sell yourself short. Like, you have to believe in yourself. Ever since Premier told me what he told me and asked me, you know, for my music, I haven't really given two shits about what anybody else mm-hmm. has thought because, to me, one of the GOATs care enough about my music to constantly play my shit on his show. Mm-hmm. And he always tell me, V, I only go play it if it's dope. That's what's up. I'm only go play it if it's dope. And the real dope thing about somebody like Prem is I can have a certain single that I'm trying to promote. He won't play that single. He'll pick, like. Something that he find dope. Off my last album, mm-hmm. I got about, about, I got about 18 records on there. I say he played about 10 of them on his show. Mm-hmm. And he will spread them out. He will spread them out. Like he might play one record two, three weeks in a row. And then like the following week, he'll take another record that he wrote. And he keeps you alive. Like you, the thing is, like music today is microwavable. As soon as you put it out, it's either going to hold your ear or it's not. And if it don't hold your ear, chances are you're not going to hear that record again. If if that, if that. For, for for what I would say, the popular audience, because I, I definitely think if it ever was a time, music, hip hop, 
is is the anchor of all of this music ship right now. Yeah. So like the ship of music is moving to what hip hop is, and it's really marketed to eight to thirteen year olds. Oh, indeed. So indeed. Uh, and, and I'm I'm generalizing of what popular music is. So like for the person like me, <coughs> I, I may get a project and I may not listen to it for a month and a half. But to an eight or thirteen year old, a month and a half is like eternity you know so uh i definitely know how the time moves you know mm-hmm. uh, so so with as you think about like making things that are more timeless and, and evergreen even with your music and i definitely think you have the advantage just the way you craft it in the first place what do you see what's next for you and your journey with music um will it be uh will it be um uh doing more like like what role do you see yourself playing in the near future with it? Uh, let's see here. You know, as you as you get older, man, you 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 tend to uh, find different niches as far as um, you know what it is that might inspire you. As far as for me, I'm 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 thinking I'm a you know dabble in the production role. Okay. But as long as I'm able and as long as I'm able to process and as long as I'm able to create something that's dope and meaningful, um, I'm going to do that. Um, I don't think that should be a – I mean, ain't no age, to me, ain't no age limit on, on nothing. It's either you dope or, you, or you're not dope. But I do think if you are – I do think that uh, being true to where you at in life, it comes across corny when you aren't no longer like you know if if you the if you the it, I guess you could even be twenty five if you twenty five rapping about being in the club but you ain't an in the club dude, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna feel right. So like I guess like that presence of mind as we see in the maturation of a lot of MCs, uh, and and then it grows based on like where they at in music. I think. It can only get doper. Um, with that, I'm we gonna wrap. I'm gonna have to bring you back because we didn't even get into any of the uh, any of the uh combat sports and uh we gotta get more into like um your take on um on DJs themselves. Cause oh, you, you talked a lot about DJs and I think DJs play a big role in curating hip hop itself. Yeah. Uh and, and the role of DJs is it's unique. Um so I, I definitely got to bring you back. Okay. But I got the classic three Detroit is different questions. Okay. Go for what it. What was your very first car? Uh, what year did you get in? What year making model was the car? Who man. Um, let's see. Um, man, I had an 86 Topaz, Mercury Topaz. Okay. <laughs> Four door. Um... Let's see, the fan wasn't, the fan didn't work automatically. I had to have a toggle switch put in to every, every 10, 15 minutes, I had to hit the toggle switch to, to hey, turn the fan real. on. That's real. You know. Where was the first place you went with it? Shit, to work. <laughs> that's even more real. <laughs> and to work. Put up to work. Uh, <laughs> How long did it last? Uh, that, that car lasts probably about two and a half, three months. And then I was able, <laughs> I got it from my uncle. My uncle was like this mechanic 
that, mm-hmm. you know, he was like the hub mechanic. I mean, he he put shit together and it worked. Uh, it, it worked until it couldn't work no more. Man, I wound up selling it for a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took that money and put it towards uh, a Cavalier. I had like a mm. white, a photo white Cavalier with, I remember the radio had a face plate you could remove it. I thought my shit was like the dopest. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, the removable face. Oh, all that, yep. Oh, oh yeah, people have it in the pocket. Yep. <laughs> all right, uh, second Detroit is a different question. You're the DJ at the end of the fireworks. What went in Jefferson? Mm-hmm. Fireworks just ended. You get to play three songs. What songs are you playing? Ooh, man, that's crazy. Um, see, I'm a different dude, man. See, you can't see. <laughs> um, let's see. Three songs I'm playing as soon as the fireworks is over. Yep, and you can be a two type of DJ. You can try to play to the crowd, or you can just play to yourself. It don't make a difference. I'm going to play um, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Okay. Um, maybe the final countdown. It's the final countdown. Well, people going to feel like they at the palace. <laughs> I'm with it. I mean, because you're talking about fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man. Um, of course, I got to throw some hip hop in there. Um Ooh, what would I play? What would I? What would be a third? Uh, what's the joint by DMX? Uh, what party, party up. on party, party up? up? Yeah, yeah. I play that. Oh I'll, yeah, you gonna have people. Yeah, that that is like firework ish. Yeah, it's firework is music. <laughs> <laughs> That's look, and then and them them are three records that you normally would never. I would never be would like never, they would not be as a DJ. Yeah, but I'm I'm like, just thinking of, Yeah, like, all right. because you because it ain't just us. It's a whole <laughs> bunch of so th- those are all three. Re- First off, I mean, if you want to be real, you can add four. Like it's like I love music, not just mm-hmm. not just hip hop. I don't want people to think that I'm just this hip hop dude. I love music. One of my favorite artists is Neil Diamond. I mm. love Neil Diamond. I mm. fucks with Neil like heavily, like mm-hmm. Forever in Blue Jeans, mm. Song Song Blue. Uh, let's see. Most people, you know, they they like the the cliche stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Sweet a, Caroline and America and stuff like yeah. that. Me, I, I like the records that. You know, before you be 40 fucked up, Red Red Wine, that was a Neil Diamond record that was done wonderful. I mean, oh, man. I'm, I'm a Neil dude. This is like the second UB40 reference since that Kavanaugh here. See? And, and, look, and, and, and that's, why, like, that's why I'm bringing it up. Because I read that. I'm like, damn, I never thought in my life I would hear yeah. about UB40 again. I read, look, whenever I see UB40... <laughs> and ain't no diss to them, but they remade a Neil Diamond record, and 
I like Neil, like for real in real life. Like mm-hmm. Neil Diamond is one of my guy. I'm a yeah. big, I'm a big Kiss, big Chicago fan. I love Huey Lewis in the news. But the one, one of the things that I've learned by liking a lot of different. Oh, and I mess with Hector Laveau too. Hector Laveau mm-hmm. is one of the dopest. Salsa artist. Yeah, I'm like, I don't even know who Heck Man, I'll look love, that up. I'll look it okay, up. Okay, you remember the movie that um Jennifer uh Jennifer um uh is it Lopez? Lopez? Jennifer Lopez made with Anthony um uh Michael Anthony, the Mark Italian Anthony? dude. Mark Anthony. Okay. Uh they made a they made a um a movie about Hector Laveau. Mm. I'll check it was, for it. I'll check for it. Do his music? Mm-hmm. Like the movie is the movie is dope. I ain't go front on it, but his music like it's you dope. may not be able to understand nothing that he say, mm-hmm. but when you hear his music, I mean, I I listen to Sergio Mendez, so I mean, okay. I'm assuming okay. that it's in that same. But I check. But salsa moves different than that Brazilian jazz that Sergio, and, and it's probably like somebody down in Brazil that's like Sergio is not. Look, look when, when I was a kid. I was a fan of Los Lobos only because they made the uh, record La Bamba. <laughs> okay. I didn't know what that record was, but I knew uh-huh. I loved that record. And it's just a feeling. Uh-huh. Um, but there are two records when you play them, like mm-hmm. and and like if you go to like in the Burbs or whatever, if you play Don't Stop Believing or if you play Living on the Prayer. Oh yeah, 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 Bon Jovi. I mean, good. Dude. I think, uh, but Neil Diamond is a hell of a songwriter. Um, Man, I love experiential Neil. songwriter. Like I think, what he's done, uh, Cat Stevens or Yusef Islam, mm-hmm. uh, like some of their, you know, Joni Mitchell. Like it's certain songwriters. Uh, Joni Cole just, too. Yeah. Yeah, Joni Cole. Yeah, she's super cool. So like it's some, it's like some good songwriters, and like as an MC, it's like you look at the way they craft their songs. And I'm probably also the biggest. BG fan too. Like the very first piece of vinyl I ever owned was the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Ain't that something? And to this day, it's the greatest soundtrack of all time. Like I have these arguments sometimes with women who want to bring up um, uh, Whitney Houston's uh, Bodyguard. They want to bring that shit up all the time. I'm like, man, it ain't fucking with the B. And no diss to Whitney, but it ain't fucking with the Gibbs brothers. I, I I'm I'm so hip hop. I think my favorite soundtracks are definitely. Boomerang. Boomerang, yeah. Boomerang. New though. Jack City. And what was that song on PM Dawn uh, had Juice. on? What was that song PM Dawn had on uh on the Boomerang? Boomerang. Uh, that was uh that was a Santa Santa uh Santa Drift on uh Santa Drift on Memory yeah, yeah, Bliss. Yeah. They they had some but it was a love <laughs> record that they had on there that was cold. I'm mm. talking about it was like a love and and that was the record that put them oh, over. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. And then that that after that, they went down. Cause it's at the end. It's of at the, the end of the, uh, at at the, the, end of the movie. movie. Yeah, where where Eddie hooked back up with Holly Berry. That is a great fucking like. I love dope music. Like mm-hmm. dope music has no color to me. It's either dope mm-hmm. or it is not dope. Just just like hip hop, it's mm-hmm. either dope or it's not dope. Like I don't necessarily have a problem with these new dudes today, but if you're not really saying nothing, if you're not. I think it needs to be brought to me, uh, and I probably am more open than a lot of uh, a lot of MCs to what's new. Like I think they have different goals, so different MCs that have different goals yeah. and what they going for. So like, 
So like Travis Scott with what he did with Astroland, it's like, okay, I can hear I it. I haven't listened to it, but everybody keep marveling about how dope it is. I mean, it's it's but you gotta get the right context. Where some of the stuff seems like, okay, if this is for spectacle, but I didn't like this for, for spectacle guys as I was coming up either. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't like that then. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? I never got into horrorcore rap, but I liked Bone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, but they like, got they got records though, man. Oh, I mean, but you know what I mean? Like first in of the, the month, of, first oh, of the man, month is one of them records that like we. I'm not even a big Bone fan, yeah. but when I hear first of the month, I smile because it's a dope ass record. I mean, the concept of it in the hood. I mean, shit. It's, it was it's, just that's the real. Like, the realest <laughs> shit. Like, how do you not like that? <laughs> that record should get played on the first. Every fucking month. It's just, <laughs> how do you not like that record? It's just certain records you hear and you that's gotta fucking smile like that. That's so hood. It's like, my it's sister's really already dressed to get her government check. Look, cer- certain records, like, I, I, you know, I like Tupac. I'm not the, the I'm not a Tupac stan, mm-hmm. but a record that nobody ever talks about that I'd be offended by, like, like, are y'all kidding me? They be talking about man, Pac's best verse. Be like, dog, Pac's best verse was on "I Gotta Get Mine." Oh man, I love it. I, I actually think he wrote. Oh man, shot. You think he wrote Breed. Yeah, I no think doubt. he wrote Breed first verse. It just feel like it a feel lot. Like, it. like, yeah, yeah. It just you know between Breed's first to third verse. But I mean, like, anytime it's in, the, that's like a Detroit classic too. Like they play that. You know, you can the DJ can drop the verse and then people Breed pick th- up with Breed third verse. I mean, the, the, it's the dope. Lab, man. It, it just feel, but he it just feels different than his out. first. Yeah, yeah it I does. Just, that's all I mean. So that's why I think Pot has something to do with the first one. Yeah, or Breed was shifting. You know, I think they did that in Andre Rising's studio in Atlanta, too. Yeah, no I forgot video. Andre Rising was in that video. What's the third question? Uh, last one is, if you could rename Detroit at, after, no, no, not Detroit. If you could rename Woodward after one Detroiter, who would it be and why? Who, after one Detroiter and why? Wow. That's, that's pretty dope. That's a dope question. Um... Hmm. Wow. After one Detroiter, who? Hmm. See, you can you gotta be careful with that, with 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 that because it, everything is presentation. Because what this person may mean to me it might mean a little different to somebody else mm-hmm. um i'm big on coleman young everything oh man well you that is definitely the number one <laughs> it, that's the number one everybody's go coleman I, i'm big on coleman because there are things that are happening today that he was speaking about 20 years Mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago about mm-hmm. what's currently happening in the city mm-hmm. as far as the gentrification. And mm-hmm. um, and we and when you come back, we'll talk about that as you lived in downtown for so long during this transition of what's happening in Detroit. So you scary. Bro. You lived in downtown when it was no Starbucks. I was. Look, and now it's <laughs> I, my apartment literally was right across the street. So I could look outside and see the Renaissance building. 
Yeah. And like super close. Yeah. In proximity of everything. The the pre-Starbucks downtown Detroit. All of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You um, that's a, that was a different Detroit. <laughs> you know, I went I, I, it's like for me it's an episode of the Twilight Zone. I I wake up and I got Harold and and James right next door to me and now I got Paul and, and they know this, but Paul and Amy on the side of me now. Mm. And it's like, I'm thankful because I can afford to live down here. I can do certain things, but it, it makes me, and, and I'm all for, like I believe that, I mean, I love our, us first and foremost. It'll always be us first. But I also believe that you need different makeup in your community to make up a community. Like, the world is not 100% black, even though I'm black all day, every day. Mm -hmm. um, you have to learn to, how to adapt. Um, I love learning about other cultures. I love going to other countries. I, I, I love breaking stereotypes. That's big to me, man. I can remember when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, you know, I was in boot camp with people that never ever been around black people in their life. And for me, that's hard to believe. I thought you was going to say a white guy beat you in a one-on-one pickup game. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Like, Damn, it's real. <laughs> um, you, you're silly. Uh, but all they know, because they live in, in, in little rural towns. Oh, man, it's it's... Is so many, and that's what I like about Detroit because it brings a lot of intersections. That's yeah. why I say Detroit is different because of the people. But you need yeah, that. when you travel, uh, definitely military experience does put you man give in your, proximity with. Give you a it's like damn, America's a big country. Like people from cities that you never even not only heard of, you don't even know the city that they say. Well, the big city is this, and it's like. What is that? It gives you a different perspective, just at least coming from here. Mm -hmm. um, I can remember crossing over the borders of Mexico, man, and seeing kids with no legs playing banjos, just hoping to, mm. and you know you know, they're out there for a long time playing a little banjo, just trying to get some money. Get some change, yeah. And, and it's crazy, and it's like, wow, we complain about, what are we really complaining about? You know, when you put things in, in perspective, man. So um, I'm just super thankful that I can get up every day and, and work hard for what it is that I want and continue to do music the way that I want to do it. And, and there's no uh, limitations to what I have going on. Um, I, I'm... I'm I'm more proud about that than anything, man. And right now I'm just making some of the best music that, you know, I can make. I got a new album called Thornton Melon. I can I can talk about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please uh, do. I, um I got a new album called Thornton Melon that I'm gonna be dropping hopefully in a couple weeks. I wanna try to get it out here. I got a got a show on the twenty eighth at SOBs with uh Bumpy Knuckles, uh Biz Marquee Knotts, DJ Premier. Mm -hmm. Um a couple other legends in the building, um, Craig G. Uh, hmm. I'm super proud to even, you know, be brought out. Be in that. Yeah. It's, for me yeah. to even see my name on a flyer with these dudes, it's like, wow, that's crazy. That's dope. Yeah. But my new album is called Thornton Melon, and I call it Thornton Melon because um, 
you know, Rodney Dangerfield is one of my favorite comics. He had a movie back in the day called Back to School where he was a high school dropout and he wind up uh, becoming a millionaire on selling tall and fat clothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And he sent his son off to, to college and his son wasn't doing too good in college. He um, wind up, uh, you know, lying to his dad, telling him he was on a dive team when he wasn't on a dive team and he was flunking out. So to motivate his son, he decided to go back to school and not only was he the oldest freshman, he was the oldest freshman on campus, but he also was the dopest freshman on campus. So you, you just gave, man, you just gave the most intellectual breakdown of that silly ass movie. And I love that movie <laughs> ever. I felt like it was like a Roger Ebert. Uh. <laughs> I love, love <laughs> that. that. Movie is, look, I mean, but Wally Sparks, all that, all that, you, all you, goofy you, movies. You gotta be able to laugh, man. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so, so the the premise, like for my project, is, yep, I'm an older dude. Mm. Um, I'm Thornton Mellon, and I'm taking y'all back to school on That's what funny. on what hip hop. That's dope. That's supposed dope. to be about. That's dope. I like it. I like the concept. Let me know. Uh, we'll definitely pump and tie in the video. This will probably be like late October when we drop it. Oh, indeed. Anyway, so it'll probably be there for release. I'll put the link up. Okay. Uh, we gonna build again. J- just know V Styles will be back. It's more to talk about. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. But before we bounce, and then I was gonna say, tell people what your uh, you know, how to get at you and all of that stuff, and okay. then also whatever you about to say too. Okay. Um, you can get at me um, at, on Twitter. Um, I'm verified on there at V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Same thing um, on Instagram, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook. I'm verified on there. Um, V-Styles Official or of, Official V-Styles. Um, Orlando VC on regular Facebook. Um, just hit me up, man. I mean, you know, I'm not no Hollywood dude, you know, type guy. Um, but the name of the album is Thornton Mellon. Uh, I got a single that I'm be dropping soon called Respect with my man Sky Zoo. Um, my man Big Gub produced it. I got a remix with 14K. Mm-hmm. Um, I got another single that my man Pete Rock produced called Detropolis. And it's like my old to the city. Shot a video for that. And uh shot a video for the respect joint. Uh I got production from Knots on there, my man Moss, um, Apollo Brown. I got some shit on that. This album, in my opinion, is better than my last album, and I love my last album. This is pretty heavy for me. Um I keep y'all uh in tune with what I'm doing. Thanks for the love. Yep, yep, and you should be able to see that respect video in, in, uh, or the whatever we if the respect. Oh, the respect, respect, first. respect probably gonna come out first. Okay, so you'll be able to see that video in this mix on the page. Keep watching. We we plugging you with some hip hop now. I love hip hop, so yeah. it's rare that we even get them in here. We about to knock out more of them too, cause you just really push. I need to get awesome Dre in here. Like, oh, that, that's my guy, man. That's my look. It's always love when I see. And, um and you know, I still look at that that album cover, man. Where where he got, I think he's he got one foot on 
Kumo D's BK jacket, <laughs> and he got one foot on LL's Kango or yeah. something like that, yeah. you know. But yeah, I mess with Awesome Dre, man. He's a, you know, I mean, you can't say nothing about that dude, man. That dude was doing it when we was only thinking about stuff like that. We wasn't even thinking about it. We was Legend. just happy to see this dude. Legend. Legend. You that, know. that video where he like in the classroom when they frankly speaking, it's like ah. Frankly speaking, yeah, yep. that's where. Peace, peace. Yes, sir. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.